We've said better. it before, haven't we? we say, and I'll say it again. Adrian Broner is a cock. This, 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 this is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, Nick might just be ready to ditch Lomachenko. He's got a new best mate. The kid is mustard. He's different class. I want to see him fight again. I'd love to be his mate. What? <laughs> I just want to hang out with him. Of course, we'll be talking about the cheap shots at the end of the Durell Uzkatagui fight. Hell of a left hook. One, Uzkatagui chin a blooming iron, yeah, took yeah. it and just looked at him and said, what's that all about? Two, I'd be embarrassed if I chucked a left hook like that and not sank the guy. I'd be like, shit, <laughs> what? That's the thing we should be talking about. <laughs> and ahead of Bramall Lane, I'll be making a massive, massive prediction. Is an, a near enough exact rerun of Naz Kevin Kelly. Really? I honestly think both men are going to touch down. I honestly think there's going to be a gun show. There's going to be leather thrown all over the gaff. It's the most nervous I have ever been with Kelbrook going into the ring. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. you're going to ring walk to Michael Jackson music, <laughs> dressed up like the king of pop, you better be able to goddamn fight, brother. I'll tell you something, it was like theatre. It, like it was like a trip to Madame Tussauds, weren't it, Saturday night? Unreal scenes, Javonta Davis coming to uh, the ring. To this, dressed like Chick 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 on himself. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. What a week. What a week. And... It was class even when he was backstage and you know, the cameras went backstage. There's Neon Walsh came out and stuff like that. He came out with Tom Petty, which is a lovely song. Yeah, nice. Quite a sentimental song, that. But uh, when he went to Javonta's changing rooms and he was like, just, there was just people coming out of the shower. And he's like, where are all these people coming yeah, yeah. from? And then suddenly when he stepped out and the diamonded hat was on, I was like, yes, son. Yeah, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Very Nazim Ahmed. Class. All it needed was maybe to punch the head of a skeleton at some point as he was walking, making his way to the ring. Um, I need to talk before we actually talk about the fight I just want to talk about the week building up to that particular fight because I was in London I was fortunate enough to go down to the York Hall oh yeah uh, in Bethnal Green on the proviso having spoken to Frank Warren's team yeah come down Floyd's definitely going to be there come and get a chat for the award winning show oh my days what the greatest of all time allegedly or the greatest of our generation definitely is going to be in London I'm in London let's meet up let's get him on the show not a cat in hell's chance mate have you seen his security it's crazy. His security crazy. is absolutely ridiculous. Th- th- this is this is my night with Floyd. NBA team. This is my night with Floyd, right? One, don't get an interview. Two, don't get a picture. Three, got absolutely drenched because it was torrential in London yeah. on that particular day. And four, I got gripped by a Guido-looking fella <laughs> who looks... Assaulted by Guido. One of mine. 
Mate, one of my boys. He looks like some kid from Jersey Shore who looks after Floyd. He gripped me and all he said was, get back. I said, I'm p- part of the media. Don't care. Get back. Just manhandled me out of the way whilst Floyd was doing his thing. Unreal. I'll tell you one thing that I was surprised uh, with Floyd when I went to uh, that public workout, just to have a little bit of a nosy around. How hands-on he is with Javonta Davis. I mean, I don't yeah. know whether it's for sure because there were a lot of people there. I don't know. Um, but he's in there and he's taking serious, serious notes passing on this experience to this young 22-year-old. He's in the ring with him. He's yeah. teaching him the technical aspects of the game. And he seems to be listening to him because the performance on Saturday night was the performance of a guy much beyond oh, yeah. 22 years of age. Scintillating. That's a perfect what word. What was that? Scintillating. Scintillating. Scintillating performance. <laughs> I thought he was outstanding. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, we, we like to crow about it when we get things right. We said... It was all about levels, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We said Javonta Davis is the future of this weight class. We said once Lomachenko moves up, this kid's going to clean a house in this weight division. Uh, and we knew that Liam Walsh, you know, a nice kid, nice family, but they're a family at domestic level. They're not world-caliber fighters. Mm. And that was brutally exposed. In future, when we do get it wrong, what I'm going to do is what is now going to be known in the industry as a Steve Bunce. That's what I'm going to be doing, yeah. right? So I'm going to say what I what I feel during yeah. the week. And if I'm categorically wrong, I'm just going to lie and deny that I ever said it. That's exactly, what I'm going to yeah. do. Five minutes before the fight, he's going, we don't know who this Javonta Davis is. He's beaten a journeyman in Pedraza. A journeyman? He was a 22 and all undefeated fighter with the best jab in that particular division, you absolute fucking moron. Exactly. He's a journeyman. We don't know how good he is. It's all hype. It reminds me so much of Jeff Lacey. Jeff Lacey came over here and Liam Walsh, I'll tell you something, he reminds me of Cal's Eggy. No, he fucking doesn't. You absolute idiot. Anyway, gets in the ring, does a job on Liam Walsh. Well, I'll tell you something, he is special. I said that right from the start, didn't I? No, you didn't, Steve. No, you didn't say that. You absolute clown. Honestly, I was screaming at the TV and I was thinking, if me and you were doing our live alternate commentary right now, we would be shutting the place down. I'd tell you something, we'd be taking off the internet because we would just be screaming. Go on, ballistic. At Steve Bunce. That's, 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 in two weeks, he's done that now. Yeah. We're going to get onto this later on because Gary Russell Jr. were in action at the weekend. Yeah. He was Josh Warrington in with him. Are you, what are you doing? Sending a lamb to the slaughter like exactly. that, mate. Completely. Completely. I was, uh, once again, I was left dumbfounded by the whole BT experience and it, you know it kills me to say because I, I know Buncey Buncey's a, you know I've known Buncey for a lot of years got tons of respect for him he's a hell of a writer and he knows more about this game than most fantastic historians fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. historians yeah exactly um, you know and Richie Woodall's a dead nice fella and Big Ron is a good mate of mine Big Ron but tell you what it's just not working it's just not right Woodall is awful and, and you know I don't say that lightly he's awful he's awful commentator mate when you when you we all get stuff wrong. The stoppage. We all get stuff Fuck. wrong. I've got stuff wrong in the past, right? But then when I am proven to be wrong, I'll you just go, go, "Oh yeah, whoa, whoa. Oh, I didn't Hands see up. that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. see that. Right? But he dug his heels in. No, no, no. It shouldn't have been stopped there. You fucking joke. Shouldn't have been stopped. He shouldn't have been, shouldn't allowed, have been allowed to go to back restart. out. He shouldn't have been allowed to go back out after knockdown. Exactly. He was all over the place, man. Exactly. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it, it, the fight should have been stopped there and then because, as you say, he was gone. He struggled back to his feet at nine, which yeah. is supposed to be a stoppage. Anyway. He didn't even. Uh, he didn't hold his own hands up. He stumbled. He stumbled. He was backwards. asked five times, and then the referee held his hands up. He said, "Go on, then, son, get straight back in there." Are you Shocking. taking the mic? And then, honestly, for the commentary team to then pick up on that and go, a "Bit premature," that you think? Fucking, are you joking? You know, he took his head off. Yeah. 
I think I think to be honest, if, if I was the opposite way, I was saying to the, stop it, stop it now, don't yeah. restart. It's this a good fight. job. The ref, to be fair to the ref, I said to be fair to the ref, he made a stupid decision allowing that fight to continue. But to be to be fair to the ref, he then jumps in and stops it. Before it, that big shot. Yeah. If, it, if that goes 30 seconds, man. Before the sleeper He's drops. in serious bother. Another yeah. 30 seconds, he's in some serious bother. He shouldn't have been allowed. I think he maybe even felt guilty, the referee. Once he's allowed him to go on, he's thinking, oh, I made a mistake here. And that's why he's jumped yeah, yeah. in. Be- jumped in. Because that's why, just- it, that's why it may have felt premature. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think the referees let it restart. He's going. Poof, he's out. Seen Walsh and go. No, no, no. Actually, that was. Yeah, I'll stop this now. I think that was the. It was 100 percent the correct decision to stop that fight. He is a badass. Javante Davis, special man, special. Mate. So excited about him, and he loves us. Then he's a big fan of the show. Mm. Fight this, retweeting our stuff last week. He's a good lad, Javante. One thing that did actually happen down at um, the uh, York Hall. Mm-hmm. Check this out. I didn't tell you this actually. So. I'm there waiting for Floyd, obviously, trying to get an interview with him. Even just a picture, just a blag that I got an interview with him. You know what I mean? Because anybody that was following us on our um, social media last week will have been all over our Instagram story. Because I was down there, I was doing the tweets, everybody was getting involved, right? So I was waiting for him to come to the ring. Obviously, Liam Walsh and all these guys come in and do their stuff. And then Javonta makes his way to the ring, and I'm stood in the corner where the stirs are that he's going up to the ring and I just thought I've got to I've got to do it I've got to do it and like a proper fanboy just held me hand out held me fist out waiting for the punch fist bump he gave me the fist bump however didn't smile didn't smile at the little short ass did he he proper gave me the death stir and I thought to myself is he is he going to take me out in a minute? Very similar to where Paddy the Baddy looked at me a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago you know, I you're thought I'm a bit of a runner yeah, I'm on a bit of a run like upsetting these fighters but I touched greatness, mate. I touched the, the left hand. Pump. I touched the left hand. That's all I'm asked about. I touched the left hand, yeah. Uh, so me and uh, Javonta are tight now. We are uh, we are connected. Boys now, I, we're, yeah. t- we're connected by skin. We touched each other. You know what I mean? We're, we're in uh, there. He had gloves on, didn't he? No, no, no. He had, he oh, had right, his gloves on, yeah. Just on. his wraps. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So you know what I mean? Nice. That, that's proper tight, that. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's right in the team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is very, very special. You mentioned the name earlier on, right? Uh, in Lomachenko, who's obviously, in your opinion, the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, the king of this particular division. However, one of them's got one belt, one of them's got another belt. There are some other fights out there for Javonta Davis. Yeah. You'd anticipate that Lomachenko would move up. I know that Dempsey mentions Lomachenko's name, right? Now, there's two ways to look at this. I laughed originally. I laughed because I I, I put Lomachenko on this pedestal above everybody else because he's an alien. Yeah. However, at the end of the day, if you're good enough, I don't give a shit how old you are. If you're good enough yeah. and you want to test yourself against the very, very best, then get it on. Because at the end of the day, Canelo, how old was Canelo when he fought Floyd? He was only a young pup, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, he was mowing everybody else down and he's continued to mow everybody else down as Canelo. But Canelo had the size advantage over Floyd. Though, of course, didn't he? So Floyd all was these. coming up to Canelo. Of, so of course, you can all argue these. he had the advantage. Of course, physically. But unless it's Lomachenko, who does Javante Davis fight that gives him a proper test? Um, I think he cleans up this division. I think he sticks around That's my in point. this weight class and cleans up. I think you know, again, Lomachenko is going to move up to lightweight. He's going to go for a third weight inside six or seven fights, whatever it is, whatever phenomenal record Lomachenko has got. And I think the rest of the division then is wide open for someone to clean up and pick up all the belts. And I think that's what Javonta Davis will be looking to do. And I think that would be amazing for a 22-year-old kid to unify an entire weight class. Mm. Listen, he's got 
this is the difference you see. Lomachenko is not a baby. Lomachenko is obviously a two-time Olympic gold medalist. He's, you know, it's incredible. The, the the greatest amateur boxing record in history. One defeat in three hundred and something fights. You know, he's twenty-nine now. This is the reason why he's got into pro boxing and had a world title fight in the second fight. Why he's a two-weight world champion inside seven fights. The reason, or nine fights. The reason behind all that is the fact that he's twenty-nine years of age. He mm. hasn't got. 10 years to build up a, an incredible record and then a legacy fight. Javonta Davis never boxed at the Olympics. He was the Golden Gloves champion and everything else. He was a national champion. But he's come into pro boxing a lot earlier than Lomachenko. So at 22, you keep him at super feather. You unify the division. Picks up a ton of experience along the way. He, he's not looking for legacy fights like Lomachenko is. Mm. Lomachenko needs to move up. He needs to fight a Terence Crawford. Or he needs to fight a Pacquiao. Or he need, that's going to define his legacy. Like Exactly the same with Golovkin. Mm. Golovkin needs legacy fights because he's 30. You know, he's, he's at the back end of his career. He needs to make a name for himself. Javonta Davis got plenty of time yet. There's a great fight. Um if Gary Russell Jr. steps up from featherweight. But we'll get to him a little bit later on, because mm-hmm. that's there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quickly on the uh, the card at the copper box, because obviously the main thing was Javonta, one, dressing up as Michael Jackson and then putting some manners on Liam Walsh. Absolutely Superb. unbelievable performance. Well done him. Yeah. Um, but there's also a couple of other little things that I just want to point out. Daniel Dubois, oh. um, 19 years of age, mate. He's wow. 19 years of age. It took him 40, 45 seconds uh, to get through his opponent. Yes, his opponent isn't up to standard. Don't care, right? But you can only beat what is in front of you. Exactly. He's 19. Yeah. 19 years of age. Now, when I saw him up close and personal doing the pads... You sent me a picture of him going, look at the size of this he's fella. Ma- yes, he's absolutely <laughs> massive. But when he was on the pads, I wasn't too impressed with him, you know. No. I saw him doing his thing and I thought, maybe he's just going through the motions. It's one of them that he's just tippy-tappy. I'm thinking, oh, all right, whatever, yeah, whatever. Because yeah. I've seen AJ on the pads and I think, that's serious. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, he's 19 years of age. When the bell goes, something happens to this kid. <laughs> he just becomes a nutcase, doesn't he? And he just goes, I can't be asked with this shit. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to mow, mow this kid down. He doesn't even need a shower after no. his fights, does he? Just towel him down, put his tracksuit back Once on, again, clear off. He just posts afterwards and goes, you don't get paid for overtime. You don't get paid for overtime. Done. In <laughs> and out. Walk in, measure it up with a little jab, and then bang, good night. As you say, didn't even break sweat again. Didn't even break sweat. This kid, you know, you know, you know what I always preach about levels. You know, if you're going to come in at a certain level, don't waste time yeah. fighting bums. Like Anthony Fowler this weekend gets his career up and running on the on the Sheffield on the card. I fully expect him after four or five fights to be having a 10-rounder, to be mixing it because he's one of the most decorated amateur boxers the country's had in recent times. So you don't need to keep him on. This is different. Dubois hasn't got that in amateur experience. No. He's 19 years of age. This mm. is a kid that needs to have... 15 to 20 pro fights before we see him in a British title fight. I totally get that. The likes of Nicola Adams, she needs to have a world title fight within six fights because yeah. of her experience. Yeah, Do you know absolutely. what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there's there's rules to this thing. Dubois is one that I'm just so ex- I want to see this kid slow burn his way up. Obviously, he's putting sleep people to sleep inside the first round. With the first punch he lands, it's going to be tough to match this guy. But you, we want to see him. He needs to be in with a, a wily Euro, Eastern European. You know, someone that's proven can take a shot that's going to take him four rounds. You do get them. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy Eastern Europeans with coconuts for heads. Yeah, yeah. That you can just punch all day and they'll just keep well, walking Well, someone forward. like an Eastern European Dave Allen is what yeah, you exactly, want, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah. what you want. People like that. It's about slow burning this kid up. But wow, he's exciting, isn't he? Mm. One kid that I am excited about, and this is based off what I saw up close and personal, just the speed, the power, is the light heavyweight, Anthony Yard, right? Yeah. I saw him up close. I had a bit of a chat with him. 
I thought, well, Mike, he's one, he's a good kid. Yes, yeah. he comes across a bit cocky for some people, but he comes, the way I've spoken to him, good kid. The way that he goes about his work, I'm thinking he's taking it extremely seriously. He's He's got bags of power, bags of pace, and I'm thinking to myself, he could be very, very special, this lad. Gets in the ring, and then you watch him, and the, I just like, sometimes you fall in love with his style of fighter. We're yeah. going to speak about Cal Brook later on. I like his style, that upright style, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's all on twitches, it's all on drawing uh, leads, it, all that type of stuff. Anthony Yard kind of has that, but he has so much pace and power yeah. when he throws a shot. It's absolutely frightening. One thing that I did enjoy at the weekend with Anthony Yard is that he didn't rush. No. He didn't rush his work. He was thinking about it. Okay, my, my I can see my opponent's hurt. My opponent's very, very tough. Yeah. I'm going to chop his tree down. I'm going to go to the body a lot here rather than going upstairs. Well, obviously, that's why I love him. That was that Because you were throwing body shots cause, in. Because I love body shots. And that for me, that was the best performance we've seen from him so far. Yep. I know it was his first t- time in a title fight. It was for the Southern Area title. Again, I mm. love regional title fights. Uh, Hobbs, obviously, an army kid, tough as nails. But Yoddle did the right thing. He thought, right, you know what? This kid is fleshy in the middle. You know, he's, he's obviously can take a shot. I'm not going to tee off on his head. I'm going to draw him in. I'm going to suck him in to throw, to throw right crosses. And when he does, I'm going to hit him with the left of the body. And it just worked absolutely perfectly. Now, I don't know whether that's down to the corner team just doing their job. Because when you've got these young prospects like Yards 11-0 and now with 10 knockouts, when you've got oh, Dubois, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. easy to go, right, let's load up on the pads, get in there, knock him out, do what you do. Plus, early stages of your career. Plus, Yard has had no amateur career. I think, course, I think yeah, he's yeah. had about 10 amateur fights Something and mon- now 10... Bonkers. And yeah, 10 yeah. professional fights. He had 20 fights in total. That's it. Crazy. But it, I don't know if it's the, the, the coaching or Yard himself who's got the intelligence to go, make this easy for myself. Why tee off on his head? Why try looking for the big sensational knockout? Mm. When a body shot, for me, I, I enjoy a body shot like that, like a, a fight ending body shot. I enjoy that more than a, <laughs> than a shot across the chops, than someone getting knocked out. Like, you know, we've seen some. It was a, to be honest, you it was love a people getting card. winded, don't you? I, d- I just love people seeing the, the life sucked out of them. <laughs> like, on, on this card as well, the Joe Pigford, the pig, oh. his knockout of Adam Morgan. Yeah, great. That was sensational. Yeah. But for a few seconds, you think, oh, God, I hope the kid's all right, because he looked like he, you know, he looked like he'd ended <laughs> them, you know? Because he just collapsed on his own body weight and crushed his own feet. And you think, oh no, that was a really ugly looking knockout after such a great back and forth fight that was, by the way. But anyway, but Yard different because it's just like it seems so much more mature, so much more measured to to draw a guy out and go yeah. whoop, have one of them to the body, and then on several occasions as well. See the guys. The beauty of a good body shot is it doesn't re- like a, a shot across the chin lights her out as soon as that brain hits the back of your skull. You, you, the oxygen flow gets cut and, you, and you're out the beauty of a body shot it's like getting it in the bollocks with a footy <laughs> remember when you were a kid and you're playing footy and, and, and someone would volley a Casey and it slam you in the nuts and for, us, for about two seconds you think I've got away with that and then it's oh, and you're gone that's what a body shot's like it's like oh, I've got away with that no I haven't <laughs> I'm gone that was why I loved that performance and it was really really good to see he looks the part as well that yard mm. he looks the part and that matters. I was in the it middle. Looks like a pro boxer. Yeah, absolutely. I was in the middle of tweeting, get him in with Frank Bullione, right? That, I was in the middle of tweeting it when Frank comes out and then says, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to go for a European uh, version of the title, the WBO version of the European title. So I thought, yeah, speed him along, man. Yeah, yeah. Speed him along. He's blowing everybody away at British and domestic level. So yeah. let's speed him along and get him in there and see what, see how far this kid can go. 
I like him. I think he's got a massive future. And as you say, he's got a great backstory in the fact that he hasn't got this extensive amateur career. And he's putting people to sleep for fun. But that body shot, man, that, that won me over. That For me, that was... I know that the knockout of Pigford was amazing. Javonta Davis was sensational. But let's be honest, we saw that coming. But for me, that yard body shot, that was the little one that stole it for me. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, away from London, there was quite a lot going on in the United States of America at the weekend, and we're going to get to it. Let's go straight in, shall we? Let's go straight to Terence Crawford, because Nick absolutely oh, idolises yeah. him. I think he's amazing. I thought, I thought we were going to go the other way there. I thought we were going to save Terence from no, the No, no, show, no. I, I walk up to messages from Nick going, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Just constantly talking to himself on our WhatsApp group, going, have you seen this? Have you seen this? This is amazing. Look at this. It's like poetry. Look at this guy. He's just too good. It's unfair how good he is. And he was just having a conversation with himself. Obviously, I'm sure there was some Jack Daniels involved with Nick's conversation with himself <laughs> uh, regarding the performance of Terence Crawford against Felix Diaz. He played with him, mate. He played with him. Obviously, stopped him in 10. The best thing for me, I've put it on our social media. Go to at Fight Disciples on our Twitter. There is a little gift that I've made on there that you can see Terence Crawford. He's eyeing up his opponent. I think it's in the sixth or seventh round. He's eyeing up his opponent. He's trying to draw a lead by a few twitches. And then all of a sudden, he just stops what he's doing because he notices the cameraman in the corner and smiles at the cameraman and pauses. And it was like, is he, what's he doing? And he just smiles and he's going, it's easy work, this. And then turns back to the fight. And you think to yourself, that is a man who is 100% comfortable with what he's currently doing. Yeah, yeah. And listen, Felix Diaz was the number one contender. He's a good fighter. This was not a voluntary. This was a mandatory opponent. He's good. For the WBC and the WBO world titles. This was for all the the marbles, if you like. This was the best opponent that was available to face Terence Crawford. Who would get in with him. And he made it look like (laughs) a sparring sparring session. Mm. He fought the entire fight as a southpaw. Mm. Oh yeah, for, I forgot he's to mention that. a fucking that. orthodox for, fighter. For people that are... Uh, he fought it as a southpaw. Yeah, he's not a southpaw fighter. Just in case that's the first time you've ever seen him, he is an orthodox fighter. <laughs> I'll switch it up today. Can't it's be bothered. just mental. To do that against a voluntary, against a guy that's not really ranked or whatever else, you think, well, yeah, well, you're the best in the world at your weight division and that guy's not even... T-. To do that against the best available opponents and go, you know what? I, I love... I was kind of romanticising about it going as well. I, I wonder if in the dressing room he went, hey... Shall I win this one as a southpaw? Like Ronnie O'Sullivan does yeah, when he plays snooker. Just like, fuck it, shall I just do this one as a southpaw? Because I'm watching him going, Is, that's the best jabbing, that could be the best jab in boxing. And with his right it, hand. With his right hand. <laughs> you might have the best jab in boxing, and you're, right, you're fighting back to front, you're not fighting, you know what I mean? It was just <laughs> sensational performance. And the best thing about it was, first three rounds, Felix Diaz, because he knew he couldn't outbox Terence Crawford, few can. Yeah, he tried to can. put it on him, didn't he? To be honest, uh, I'll, I'll come on to it in a second, but few can, very few, and by that I mean only one can. But Felix Diaz was trying to put it on him, and a couple of times he landed big right hands. Crawford just brushed him off, didn't make him raise his hands, didn't make him change his tactics. Then by the time he got into the fourth and fifth round, that's it then, yeah, poetry yeah, in yeah, motion yeah, yeah. time. He's moving around like an ice skater, he's banging in them right hand, them right hand counters, but even his left, his, his left hand straight, he's just like, oh my lord, he couldn't miss Diaz, and I would love to have seen the punch stats afterwards, because that could p- quite possibly be those 11 rounds, I think it was, they might be the most accurate rounds of boxing I've, I've ever seen. In terms of one guy just not missing with anything, and Diaz was he was covering up, he was moving, he was he was trying everything, he was moving different angles, <laughs> going left, going right, and Crawford just could not miss him. And I'm sitting there thinking, if it wasn't for 
the Neo from the Matrix, i.e. high-tech, i.e. Vasily Lomachenko, i.e. Your boy, your bum boy. The, the, the boy, my, my Bezzy. If it wasn't for the fact that he is presently walking this earth, Terence Crawford would be, would be my pound-for-pound pound best boxer on the planet. So after that performance on Saturday, I am now promoting officially Terence Crawford to number two on the pound-for-pound pound boxing list in the world. The kid is mustard. He's different class. I want to see him fight again. I'd love to be his mate. What? <laughs> I just want to hang out with him. What? Does he do next? Does he stick around and unify the division fighting uh, in Dongo? In Dongo, who puts some manners on Burns? Yeah. Wait, don't just jump the gun. Or does he think, do you know, Summer? Fuck it, I'm going up to one four seven, and I want Pacquiao. Well, obviously Pacquiao's got a date with our mate, hasn't he? Big Jeff. Big Jeff. Big Jeff. It's only next yeah. week. It's only two, three it's in a couple weeks of weeks. Off, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First so, of July. I think if that if that opportunity presents itself, I think Crawford definitely moves up. But I think right now, with him fighting Horn, with obviously Kel Brook, there's a lot going on in that welterweight division, and it's kind of they're all kind of chasing each other. At what the if moment. Th- what if Thurman wants it? I think if Crawford goes up to fight. Wow, Thurman's my boy though as well, man. Yeah. What if Thurman wants it? Wow. See, this is the crazy thing that we're just kind of. These weight divisions now are so exciting. There's so much talent there. It's unbelievable. For me, Thurman is just like best welterweight on the planet, Thurman. Best light welterweight on the planet, Crawford. You just put him as oh a pound, pound for pound. I, I would two. put him above him. I would put him above. I would put him above him, yeah. It's God, it's so it's, it's so exciting. <laughs> it's good talk that, about it? super fights. Like talk that. about super fights of this generation. And we were talking about the other week with Klitschko and AJ and, trilogies. and, Go- and Golovkin yeah. coming up to fight, you know, and and the the, the next fight with Andre Ward and and, and uh, Kovalev. Right now, this is a golden era of boxing. We've been going on about it for weeks now. This is it, man. This the fights out there at the moment. These are Hagler Hand style fights. Let's stop reminiscing and start getting excited about what the fuck is going on here right now. But I want to see Terence Crawford beat on Dongo. Yeah, to get another because it's a great fight. So then he's the he's the. Well, official... He'll have all four belts then. Yeah, yeah. He'll have all four he's main belts. So that'll be, that's a ring magazine belt fight as well. Yeah. Then he signs off on that division and moves up. I'd love to see the Pacquiao fight, but I'd love to see I'd love to see Thurman fight Pacquiao as well. So listen, as long as he's in that mix there, well, he's going to be in it. If he steps up to one four seven, he's in that mix. He's not yeah. pissing about. He's going straight in. For oh the yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So who does he go for? Could even be Kel Brook if Kel comes through this weekend. Get you, to, to be fair, Kel, come through this weekend, call out Terence Crawford, get Terence Crawford back over here because I missed oh, him. Oh, yeah. Because I missed him when he fought Ricky Burns. Yeah, so me too. Yeah, yeah. Please bring Terence Crawford to the UK. There you go. That's the, that's the one. Now, another geezer that might be coming over to the UK because allegedly Josh Warrington are giving him uh, a fucking good idea, according <laughs> to Bunsey. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Don't know if you saw this. Gary Russell Jr. I think that he's heard. He made it a gun show? Mate, I th- well, this is the thing, right? I think, first of all, Gary Russell Jr. has heard what Bunsey said pissed himself and gone, right, I'll show you. You think that this kid over here in Leeds can come and do anything with me at any point in his entire career is an absolute joke. Gary Russell Jr. normally relies on his speed, in and out, tip-tap, 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 gone, right? He stood toe-to-toe with Escandon. The only way that Escandon can win this fight is by going toe-to-toe because he's heavy-handed. So Gary Russell goes, tell you what, I'll beat you wrong again then, son. I'll stand right in the middle of the ring and let's go for it. First three rounds, it's like, what are you doing, Gaz? What, yeah. what, what are you doing? But he took everything and dished it back. Exactly, exactly. And that's the sign of a great champion as well, the fact that he beat Escandon at his own game. Mm. And that must have been soul-destroying to Escandon because he must have thought, ah, he's going to run from me, I'm going to be a pressure fighter, I'll put it on him, I'll get him. I'll, get, I'll tie him up in corners, I'll use my footwork, you know, I'll, I'll set a pace he can't live with. And Russell Jr. is just like, 
listen, son, I'm ready to do whatever you want to do. Let's mm. do it then. Let's have a gun show. And that's exactly what it was. It was a gun mm. show. He put him down in the third. And at that moment, you look at his face, Escadon, it's exactly what you just said there. It's like his heart was broke. It's like, yeah, going, yeah. what the fuck? I didn't expect that. Exactly. Where, where's this come from? And Gary's just like going, yeah, right. So I'll take him out whenever I'm ready to take him out. And obviously he ends up stopping it by the seventh round. It was for me, I've seen him uh, fight a couple of times, um, Gary Russell Jr., um, over the last two years in particular, that's yeah. the best performance I've seen. Mainly yeah. because he mixed it up and did stuff that I never expected him to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and he's, you know, again, it's another absolutely bub- bubbling weight division. You know, the argument is who's the number one? Is it Santa Cruz? Is it Russell Jr.? You know, Selby. Selby, who we love, obviously, the Welsh Mexican. Uh, I'll tell you now, it ain't Josh Warrington. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, I think Gary Russell, <laughs> I think he's the weakest of the champions. <laughs> oh, I think Josh has got a real good chance there oh, for the WBC Buncey. belt. Get him over there. Poor Buncey. Are you on smack? Buncey, what are you smoking? <laughs> Someone check Buncey's drink before he goes on air. He's on glue, right? Santa Cruz is fighting Mares. Um That is uh, regular versus super champion in the WBA weight category, yeah? Yeah. IBF champions Lee Selby. Selby needs a fight, man. Do it. Get it on. Bring him here. Bring Gary Russell here. I want to see him. Yeah. I want to see him in the flesh. <laughs> That's all we do is call out fights with guys so we, we like, can see so it. we can see them fight we live. Can see That's all we want. Yeah, exactly. Selby, bring him over here so I can see you get beat up off Gary Russell. Yeah. Having said that, though, Selby. I like Selby. Selby's Selby, a great fighter. Selby and Gary Russell Jr. could be a really, a brilliant really good fight. fight. I agree. Completely brilliant fight. I just think Russell Jr. has probably got the edge with power, but it's a brilliant fight. Yeah, let's get that on. And then hopefully... At some point, Gary Russell Jr. stepping up in weight to take on Javonta Davis. Ooh, wow. There's a fight for you. Lip smacker, there's, there's a little legacy fight for you. That yeah, exactly. is a lip smacker. Listen, we can't come away from this this Maryland card, of course, without speaking about the whole Durrell incident um, on our Radio City talk show. We mm. caught up with Callum Smith, of course. We got Callum's point of view on it. We talked to him about the fact that, obviously, Anthony Durrell now has almost been kind of pulled into all this as well. What... When you watched it, what did you think? What was your re- initial reaction to it? Could what, you believe what fight? you were seeing? On the fight or the, or the ending? Well, let's talk about the ending and then the reaction at the end. The actual ending of the fight. How did you think, did you, Oscar Deskew, did you think it was a foul? Should it be disqualified? No. Do you no. think it should have been a no contest? Should no. have gone to the scorecards? At the very worst, mate, at the very worst, it's an accidental foul. At yeah. the very, very worst. It's not a disqualification. For me, it's an accidental foul. At the very worst, I don't even think it was an accidental foul. Yeah. He was throwing a combination and caught him after the bell, granted. But, Split second after the yeah, bell. Yeah, but who's stopping those combinations? He's throwing a three-punch combination. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. And the sec- so, so it's bang, bang, bell, bang. That's what happened. That's right. So literally within a, na- a nanosecond of the second punch landing, the bell goes. Yeah. But by then, he's already turning his shoulder to bring the left hook back around. Yeah, it's done. So the, the combination is in full flow. That cannot be stopped. I can't believe the referee has gone for disqualification. But straight away he went, oh, just, uh, illegal shot, disqualification. And he's walking around going, disqualification, disqualification, while Darrell's licking yeah. the floor. So for me, at worst, accidental foul goes to the cards. That's, that's, that's what, what it should have been. Yeah, I completely agree. That's what they should have done is gone. Accidental foul. He couldn't do anything about that. I think the fact that he'd been warned earlier on for yeah, a late blow after and he had. the belt, which was a late and blow. And that was a worse one than what we saw. Completely. I think that played against them because that was obviously playing on the mind of uh, of both the referee and obviously the Durrell's corner would have complained about that. So when that happened, but the referee has got to take himself away from that moment and and every round needs to be judged individually. You know, you don't, you need to see you're that waiting, what it was. You're not waiting for something. Exactly. And it literally was a split second. Now, for me, 100%, the decision there is accidental foul, we go to the scorecards. It's not a no contest and it's certainly not a disqualification yeah. win for Durrell. Mm. It's got to go to the scorecards and we see where we at then. But then, 
the fallout of it, of course, then well, hang on obviously all hell breaks loose. Before you move on to his uncle, what do you make of Darrell at that point? Well, I think Darrell spews it. Completely. Because that was his opportunity to spew it. I think he shits his pants. Because yeah. what happens was, I mean, if, you, if you've only but seen the incident... he couldn't continue. Hang on a minute, right? If you couldn't continue because he was licking the canvas. If you've only seen that incident, go back and watch the whole fight, right? Because yeah. for me, those category puts manners on him, batters him, absolutely yeah. batters him. Now, I've seen loads of different reports saying, oh, Darrell schooled him. No, he didn't school him at all. Us category had the more power and he was and he was making the bigger dents in Darrell's defence than Darrell was the other way around. Yeah. The cards reciprocate that by saying that us category was up on two of the cards. I think he was square on the other card, right? Yeah, yeah. So at the point, if, they, if it had done, if the referee would have done what I believe he should have done by mm-hmm. saying it was an accidental foul go to the cards, Us Kataguri wins the fight and becomes the interim champion, then going on to obviously fight um, the game. James Scale. I think Darrell knows this. Darrell yeah. knows this. Now, don't get me wrong, the third punch of that combination, or even the first punch in that combination, puts his lights out. He's out, right? He's gone, yeah. right? He's on the deck. I think he can get up. I genuinely think he get, can get up. He gets to his knees. He's looking round. He is being screamed at by every man and his dog in his corner. Stay down. Because the referee has already made his mind up that that's disqualification. He's already said it. He's already walking around going he's disqualification. He's said it within 10 seconds. He did, yeah, yeah. He's he didn't give like himself that. time to think didn't at give all. Him t- no time at all. He said it's a disqualification. Yeah. Stay down, stay down. And they are screaming at him. If you listen to the actual audio, they are screaming at him. And he's like, what, 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 what? And he, okay, he's dead. Don't get me wrong, he's hurt, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think a proper, a real fighter gets up and attempts. I mean, look what Le- Liam Walsh did at the weekend. He was bingoed, absolutely yeah, yeah. bingoed. There's no way on God's green earth he was staying down. He wanted to get up and he wanted to fight on. Now, the reason why I think this, Darrell's got history. Yeah. 2010 is where I want to take you to, to the Super Arthur 6 Abram. tournament. Yeah, 2010, yeah. Um, Arthur Abraham in the Super 6 tournament, right? He slips legit in the 11th round as uh, Andre Darrell. He slips, and as he slips, he's boom. It's this, he's, he's basically sat down, and Arthur Abraham hits him with an illegal shot, yeah. square in the head, and frazzles him a little bit, and then... Same thing happened. Disqualification, job done. I think he's looked at that and gone, well, that was fucking easy. Mm. I've got myself a disqualification. I know how this all works. I think it, uh, there was a moment within that piece. Now, there's a moment within that piece. Yes, he's hurt, but he's thinking to himself, it's a disqualification. I've won the fight. Yeah, yeah. And he sta- I've and been he sta- here before. I've been here before. I'm staying down. Yeah. I think um, spe- I genuinely think he spews it. I think in terms of that, and we'll probably come, we'll come on to now the aftermath and what happened in, in the aftermath of it. I think the the Abraham thing played a massive part in the aftermath because, uh, and the, by that I mean the reaction from his uncle and why they took it so offensively and why they were so upset about it and everything else because when that happened against Abram in the, in the Super 6, uh, if you look afterwards, Darrell had like one fight in three years. Apparently it really, it really affected him and he had a lot of medical issues and everything else. So I think the corner may have been like, oh, you know, his career his career must have been touch and go for Jordan them three years. To only have one fight in three years means that, you know... It, the Abraham it, thing was a issues. free shot, though. It was technically... It was like but that a was a complete shot. and utter that disqualification. No, no, that was a mid-flow combination punch that landed a split second after the bell. Yeah. That's the difference. But I think the reaction from the corner was mitigated by the fact that what happened previously against... Arthur Abel, they took it a bit too personally. But you know what? You may well be right in terms of the fact that he quit because he's seen it as an out. Mm. I've done this before. I've been here before. And I know if the referees scream at the qualification... I've, I've won. won the fight and I'm the interim champion. I'm going to be fighting James DeGale again yeah. um, for the belt that he lost against James DeGale. Leon Lawson, obviously his uncle, is the yeah. geezer that is then allowed into the ring as well as other members of the Darrell team. 
he's talking away and like a proper little shit house yeah. decides to take a cheap shot. Sneaks it on him. Sneaks it on him. Fucking he puts hell of a left hook. He puts it right on him. Hell of a left hook. One, us Katagui chin a blooming iron, yeah, took yeah. it and just looked at him and said, what's that all about? Two, I'd be embarrassed. If I'd chucked a left hook like that and not sank the guy, I'd be like, shit, <laughs> what? That's the thing we should be talking about. <laughs> took it like a champ, didn't Mate, it? Mate, unbelievable. And then it's just outrageous. And, you know, there's no place for this in the sport. And I like the way that the WB... Uh, I think it was the WBC, bizarrely, not the IBF who was sanctioned the fight, but the WBC come out and basically said, right, that's it. We are never, ever sanctioning him to be working a corner for any of our fights Good ever show. again. Yeah. And we we want every other commission to follow suit. Which let's, obviously let's has, not gonna affect, about it. has not going to affect the Callum Smith. Well, of course, because this guy won't be allowed in the corner. Now, obviously, every other governing body hasn't come out and agreed to that. Mm. But the fact that the WBC have said it, and it's a WBC title fight that Callum Smith's involved in against Anthony Durrell, means that this guy 100% won't be in the corner. And from from looking at the, the, uh, the report, the police report about the incident, the guy might even be in prison by then anyway because mm. there's a maximum a maximum sentence of like 25 years mm. but a middle sentence which some lawyer was saying is more likely of like 10 years and a $25,000 fine because you know it was assault yeah it was assault in the worst type of type of way it was mm. an absolute act of cowardice now again emotions are everywhere the Arthur Abraham incident when you know young Andre only got to fight once in three years his career looked like all that might it might have come into the, the, the uncle's mind but still, he's got to act professionally as well. He's got, yes, he's looking out for his, 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 his nephew and everything else. But he's got to act professionally, and to perform, to do something like that was a bit of a was a shame on boxing. Certainly, a shame on them and the whole Darrell mm. family. And uh, I know they've come out since and apologised and stuff like that. But listen, that guy should face consequences. Mm. Just a quick one on that before we move on with the rest of the show. Um, would love your thoughts on that because that's the thing that is dividing me and Nick. It's dividing a few boxing fans as well regarding uh, Durrell and him spewing it. Did he spew it? Do you think he couldn't have carried on? What's, what's your opinion on that? At Fight Disciples on Twitter. Uh, also, there's a post on our Instagram as well which you can reply to. Lots of people getting involved with their own thought process on this. It'd be interesting to know what you think uh, on the uh, Andre Durrell uh, situation at the weekend. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. We haven't forgot that there's a big fight in a stadium at the weekend happening over in Yorkshire, which Nick is in attendance for. Kel Brook, Errol Spence Jr., dead excited about it. It's all coming up in a minute, but there's been other uh, things going on in the world of boxing, mainly because Shannon the Cannon's been eating some of that dodgy horse meat again. Oh, dear. What do you expect, mate? 80-year-old bloke ripped to fuck. <laughs> Excessive levels of testosterone in his system. Surprised? Not at all, my friend. No. Not at all. Let's go, champ. Must be a side effect. All that shouting must be a side effect of all the juice that he's been uh, whacking. The thing is, right, the, the thing I love about it, as we record this, the WBA haven't made an official statement regarding the uh, his upcoming title fight with Fresa Quendo, right? Yeah. So you'd anticipate that that fight is off because uh, Shannon the Cannon's been caught uh, with this failed piss test. Yeah. It's the WBA, mate. 100% they will find a way to sanction this fight. 100%. <laughs> they put through his B-test now, haven't they? So the 45-year-old champ has got to wear... 40, um, is that all he is? He's 45? Only, I thought he was 60 on. He's only 45, yeah. He's uh, he, He's got to have his, his B-sample tested now. Yeah. But obviously the, the maximum they allow is a 4-to-1 ratio testosterone, and he was like 8-to-1 ratio. Yeah, he was double. He was double what, what, what the legal allowance was. So he's... Uh, but let's be honest, look at him. You know, look at the conditions. I know, in. mate. 
He's 45. You don't get that you size. Know. Of course you don't. We are eating some horse meat. Of course you don't. You know what I mean? Um, other news from the world of boxing. Callum Smith, who is on our Radio City talk show this week. Now, I apologise for everybody in Liverpool that would normally listen to that on a Tuesday night. That will go to air on Thursday because of everything that happened in Manchester on uh, Monday evening. Uh, there was some special news programmes on the station uh, when that was due to air. But it is available for subscribers now. You can go and get it now via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, uh, Callum Smith, Anthony Durrell, um, confirmed for September. Which September we, the 9th. Well, we alluded to that last week. I said that we last did, week, didn't I? We did. We nailed it last week. We did say New York. I did say New York. It's actually Los Angeles. They've changed locale for us. But yeah, yeah we've uh, <laughs> September the 9th. And listen, I wanted to put this out there. We as the Fight Disciples... As a group of people that love fight sports, we should we should be attending these things together. We should be attending them. Are you trying think, to get us a holiday to I think there? Everyone that listens to the show, you need to re if you fancy it, if you fancy September the 9th, we go over, uh, whether you're in the US already, whether you're based in Europe, here in the UK where we are, or even in Australia, we're a big follower in Australia as well. If you fancy this fight, let us know. Contact us on social media. We'll speak to a tour operator. We'll speak to, obviously, the promoters and everything else. We'll get tickets, hotel, flights sorted. We'll get a lovely package for us all. We'll all head over there for the week. We'll do the whole fight week thing. We'll do some. We'll have a laugh and a few bars and everything else. We'll have a proper lads one. Proper lads week away. <laughs> if you fancy it, let us know. And if not, suggest a fight that you do fancy. Everybody's going to come back now and say, Canelo Triple G, can you get us tickets for that? Uh, <laughs> we might struggle. Yeah. Oscar? Oscar? Yeah, exactly. How many can you get us? Not a cat in hell's chance, mate. We might. <laughs> Depends might. what it is. If yeah. they're doing Dallas at the at the 80,000-seat stadium, yeah, maybe. it might be all right. Maybe. It might be all right. Um, so if you want to hear from Callum Smith himself talking about that and obviously the rumours that we kept putting out there that uh, him and James DeGale was nailed on. <laughs> yeah. He talks about He talks about that as well, yeah. yeah. It's all yeah. on our Radio City talk show, so go and have a little bit of a nosy in on there. Um, other fights that have been made that I'm absolutely delighted about. Um, O'Hara Davis, Josh Taylor. Class. Listen, man, I'm taking me out off to him. Right? Yeah, I, I've changed my tune. Yes, I've slagged him because when he was fighting Derry, we hated him. O'Hara Davis, you are the man, right? Yeah. You Good are the man. He talks the talk. He's got an opportunity now to walk the walk. July, he's going to Josh Taylor's back garden in, uh, in Glasgow to take him on. Let's see who the cock of Britain is. And we love this, don't we? One hundred percent. This is a brilliant fight. Congratulations for both guys for taking it. O'Hara for calling them out, and Josh for going. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll have it. I'll have it definitely. Two unbeaten prospects. And apparently, it's going to be on terrestrial TV as well. Channel Five. Yeah, Channel Five. Yeah, which is class because it's a brilliant, real. 50-50 fight. Well, it depends what side of it. But I th- for his performance I'm, against Denny Matthews, yeah. I think O'Hara really yeah. proved to a lot of people that he's got a lot of ability at this level. Obviously, we're both fans of Josh. Josh Taylor. You know, we think John's, uh, Josh is a massive talent, uh, but it's going to be a great fight, that one. Brilliant. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. July uh, in Glasgow. Might get a ticket for that. See if we can yep. get up there. That'll be good. Um, and finally, just on world news, guess who's back in jail, everybody? Guess who's back in jail? That's right, AB. He's about billions... Adrian oh, Broner's back in jail. So, <clears throat> he's only got three days. Maybe he's listening to us right now to pass the time a little bit. Three days for contempt. Basically, it's all because of that assault that he did in 2014, 2015. He missed the court date. So they've gone, slap the cuffs on him, stick him in the clink, 72 hours in jail. Adrian Broner's back in the nick. Just gets better. We've said better. it before, haven't we? Sit and I'll say it again. Adrian Broner is a cock. And nothing will ever change that. 
This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Right, we're here. Let's get stuck into it. Stadium fight this weekend, Bramall Lane. If you are going, I'm extremely jealous. My colleague is sat across from me with a big cheesy grin on his face. He's going, he's going to be in attendance. The reason why I'm not going is because my dad has blagged me to run the Manchester 10k run, which is (laughs) happening this Sunday. So I need to get a bit of rest in, don't I? I can't be messing about in Sheffield, zooming all the way back to go and do this run because we're doing this thing for charity the day after. So you... That'd be be quite a poignant run now as well, I would have thought. No, absolutely. After what's happened over uh, the weekend, I'm sure there'll be um, quite a lot of things um, commemorating what happened on Monday night at the arena in Manchester. Uh, But I'm going to be there on Sunday morning, so I'll be watching fight night from the comfort of my own living room. Bowl of you... pasta? Bowl of pasta and a, a glass oh, yeah, of milk? yeah, yeah, I'll be carving up. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. of course, of course. I always think to myself, what would more do? What would more do in this situation? <laughs> It'd be on the corn. corn. <laughs> It'd be on the corn, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, so I'll be doing that. You're going to be ringside. You're I'm going to be ringside, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's a it's a cracking card. You know, for me, there's the, you know, the, the two fights at the top of the bill. We're usually lucky if we get one competitive fight on, on some of these Sky cards, but there's two absolute belters on there as well of course uh, you know the, the professional debut of a good friend of the show Anthony Fowler mm, absolutely uh, for whom you will be able to hear on our Radio City talk show go there fightdisciples.com uh, you can hear from Anthony but first of all let's not mess about let's get into the let's get into the real deal yeah let's get into the top of the bill yep. Kel Brook Errol Spence Jr IBF welterweight crown on the line yep I'm going to make a massive prediction now. Oh, wow, good. Because I, I I've been going backwards and forwards over this fight for a week. Are you ready? Yeah. This fight will not go more than six rounds. Okay. And what we are going to get is an, a near enough exact rerun of Naz Kevin Kelly. Really? I honestly think both men are going to touch down. I honestly think there's going to be a gun show. There's going to be leather thrown all over the gaff. It's the most nervous I have ever been with Kelbrook going into the ring because of how hard Errol Spence Jr., a natural 147, yep. smashes. I have a problem with how Kel has made 147 this time round, whether he's made it right, whether he's made it wrong. I don't know. He looks, we, he looks pretty he good. He looks to be great. Fair. He looks great, but he's coming down from 160 pounds in his yeah, last fight. But now. he got up to 160 pounds. Of course pounds. he did. So, But to <clears> look, <throat> you, put all this, you put all this on, yeah. if your concentration in camp is to get down, yeah, I don't know rather than concentrate. Same thing happened to Roy Jones Jr., remember? All these things, right? I've just got real worries. I want Kel to smash the kids a bit. Mm. Of course I do. I want yeah, Kel yeah. to be the main man. I've just got real worries about that weight drop from 160 to yeah. back down to 147 to take on a killer. And this kid is a killer. I genuinely think we are going to get one of the most exciting six rounds that we will ever see in the modern era. Wow. I uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a great fight. I think it's going to be exciting. I think Kel's going to have to pick himself up, up off the floor. That's what I've said. Potentially more than once. There you go. And then I think if I'm a better man, and I am, I'm going to go with Brooke controversially on points. Do you? Yeah. I think Brooke will get a controversial points decision and Errol Spence will run back to America screaming that he was robbed um, and he'll point to the fact that he's dropped Kel a couple of times being that. Will Spence go down? Than that. No. Oh, no. so he's going to get a couple of 10 eights. But he's going to get... He's and he's going to get beat. Lose on the oh, that yeah. is dirty. That's my prediction. That That's is my prediction. dirty. 
But so we, so we for both, that to happen, it's so, going to be a go, it's going to be a great. So fight. what we're both agreeing on is that Errol Spence has got a bloody load of fire in them fists. Yeah, yeah, he's a heavy-handed kid, and I think uh, I think it's speed as well as much oh, as much rapid, as anything. Man. He's rapid. so fast, you know. He's kind of like Amir Khan. He throws his hands so fast. I think he's he's done it, he's done it right. He's been over in the UK now for a couple of weeks. He's, he's actually been based at Amir Khan's gym mm. uh, up in Manchester. So he's been here for a while. He's done it right. He knows what he's doing. I think Kel. It wouldn't surprise me if Kel one of those knockdowns was in the first or second round. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. early. How how good is his eye as well? He's, he's got exactly. titanium in his eye, all this yeah. type of thing. We don't know. Yeah. This is the first time back since all those things. Of course. We don't know. And this guy is a real, real threat and a real test. A lot of people are saying this guy is the future of this weight division. Uh, this is obviously his, his, his first big opportunity. But I just, you know, I, I think, I'm hoping it's going to be a great fight. What I don't want is to get to the situation where Kel gets dropped early on. Spence gets into a lovely rhythm and suddenly we're chasing the fight with five, six, seven rounds down, which I fear may well happen and Kel's going to have to try and push himself on the fight and walk forward a lot more. Mm. I think he could he could grind it down in the second half of the fight and get some of those rounds back. But listen, you heard it here first. I think Spencer's camp will be screaming controversy. Have you seen any of the Behind the Ropes programmes? No, not yet. Um there's there's a moment in the behind the ropes program which I'm sure other people have seen as well. Yeah, it's at the original press conference. Errol Spence and Kel face off against each other, and I don't like to say this about a guy that we absolutely love. He's been on the show on several occasions. Mm-hmm. He genuine there's genuine concern. You can see it on his face. There's concern that he knows that he's in with a proper dude. He didn't. Yeah. For me, when I looked at him when he was fighting Golovkin, it was like he won't bother about it because. No. The expectations on... Yeah, the expectation went there. Nobody expected him to do anything. You know what I mean? I think a lot of casual fans don't know who Errol Spence Jr. is. But Kel knows full well who Errol Spence Jr. is. He's getting in the ring with an absolute killer. And Spence looked far more cooler, far more relaxed at that moment. I don't know how much you look into that. But I looked into that and thought to myself, in the back of his mind, now that he's been beaten, because he was was undefeated, now that he's been beaten, there's something in the back of his mind there where he's thinking to himself... He knows how to lose. This is proper, this now. This yeah. is serious. And but you know, he knows how to lose now as well. And that, that sounds mental, but Aaron Spence Jr. doesn't know how to lose. He's never lost a fight. You know, and, I mean, listen, Kel went up and fought Golovkin completely out of his weight division. He, you know, he was on a hide and nothing. It was a payday event, but it was a moment for him to promote his name. I get that. But he lost. He's coming back to defend his world title on a loss. Yeah. So what will happen if Spence drops him early? If Spence starts winning rounds, what will happen to to Kel psychologically then? To be, will he have the strength to be able to turn it round, or will he slip back into the performance he did against Golovkin? That's my big fear for this fight, and that's why I think it's going to be the toughest night of Kel's career, certainly at this weight class. But I think I still think he will just do enough to hold on to the belt. Mm. Um, you mentioned the other fight that's on the top of that bill. Obviously, you've got that, which is the main one. Then you've got Groves versus Chudinov. Yeah. Now, even though I fully anticipate George Groves to have his hand raised at the end of this, and the is it the fourth attempt, or fifth attempt at becoming a world champion? champion yeah. um, I genuinely believe he will win this fight, but I think he's going to have to come through hell and high water to be able to do it. Ch- uh, Chudinov, again, you know I love this phrase, he is heavy-handed. He puts a lot of kids away. Um, he, he is coming off a loss. However, yeah. he's coming off a loss against a drug cheat. Yeah. Felix Sturm was popped <clears throat> in the when he was obviously fighting for this belt. Yeah, this is technically his belt. Um, 
in, in the fight at the weekend against uh, George Groves. He's a very good fighter to enough. Some people might argue that he's never been tested other than that stern fight and he lost the majority decision. Yeah. But he lost the majority decision against the drug cheat, you know? Um, and for me, they, those type of fights should always be wiped off somebody's record. Never mind. It's on uh, at the weekend. Bramall Lane is the destination. Groves versus Chudinoff, how do you see it going? Um, we Obviously, we, we chatted to Callum Smith about this fight, didn't we? And Callum, Callum said then that he thinks uh, Groves has moved forward enough with Shane McGuigan that he thinks that this is his opportunity now, the biggest opportunity of his career to become a world champion, finally. And he believes that he's going to do it. I think I think Callum said... Did he say he, was, he thought Groves was going to win on points? Or did he say yeah. he was... Yeah, did he say points? Or yeah, was, unanimous he decision, he said. Unanimous decision, yeah. yeah. I, I, can, I can see that. I agree with it. Again... I can also see George Groves picking himself up off the floor for this fight because he's someone that has done it before. He often has to pick himself up off the floor. It's just the way he fights. That's what makes him such an entertaining fighter. He does leave himself wide open. He's very long though, isn't he? And for me, and I've said this on many occasions, he's got one of the tastiest jabs in boxing. I know he self-professes to have the best jab in boxing. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's it's very, very good. And he uses it properly. A proper jab, like what we were talking about with Canelo a couple of weeks ago. Proper stinging jabs. He uses it properly. And I think he's going to have to use it properly against Chudinov. He is because Chudinov likes to get close and likes to let bombs go. Yeah. You know, the the fact that Frank Buglione though went to distance with Chudinov who should should let us know that you know he's got a lot of knockouts on his record but you know Frank Buglioni's a level below George Groves yeah. so if George Groves can box this kid and I, I think that's what the tactics will be from Shane McGigan it'll be keep him on the end of that jab just make this fight easy for yourself don't get involved don't get into a mix up into a bit of a tear up the problem is George Groves loves a tear up yeah, especially in these big titles. just win fights. the fight man he could, this is I his think last he chance. could win this easy. Yeah, he could. But I don't think he will because he hasn't got that about him. It reminds me of Tony Dodson, the Liverpool boxer. who's a good mate of mine. I've covered his, I've covered his entire career. Tony could win a lot of fights easily. He's got the ability to do it. He just loves it. But he just loves a fucking tear up, man. <laughs> he just loves to get in there and, and let his shots go. And, and somewhere deep down inside, as talented as George Groves is, and again, I think he wins this world title on Saturday, finally. But deep down inside, he's a fighter and he loves to curl his toes into the canvas and just fucking let bombs go mm. and that's what Chudinov likes to do as well so I think we could see Groves up off the floor to win on points that's my prediction what about you? Um, I wouldn't say I don't think he's going to get put down I think I think he's going to listen because I, I think he knows that he's going he knows that this is his last opportunity if we're dead honest this is yeah. his real last opportunity I know he's only a young kid still in his 20s but this is his last opportunity to become a world champion um, taking on Fidor Chudinov I think he do. I think he outboxes him I think he gets the fight actually could be quite boring. Yeah, if I'm it dead should, honest, it, it, that, that Groves' camp they need to make it boring. They need to be the ones going right. This is what we're going to do, and it's going to be boring. I hope it is for his sake. I hope it is a little. Bit he wins boring. easy then, because the reason why I want him to win easy is because it sets up James the Gale. That's yeah, all I want exactly. you to do, George. Just go and get the trinket. Go yeah. and get the trinket, son, yeah. and let's set up the James the Gale fight. Let's set up the trilogy fight. There you go. Uh, Dave Allen's also in action at the weekend, uh, fighting for uh, the Commonwealth strap against Lenroy Thomas. Now, Dave Allen, I absolutely love the kid. Do I rate him as a fighter? Not really, no. But as a geezer, I think he's top class. His tweets are brilliant, and I'm wishing him all the luck in the world this weekend. Come on, kid, go and get yourself that belt, because what a story, mate. What an absolute story. He seems to be taking it a little bit more seriously now. I don't think he's having too much KFC before uh, before fight night. Um and he's taking on a guy that doesn't necessarily have a boatload of power by the looks of his record. I don't no. know too much about Lenroy Thomas, but he doesn't look like he's got too much power. No. And Dave Allen, we know, that can take a dig. 
you need power to stop him, as we saw with Luis uh, Ortiz recently and Dillian White. So Dave Allen, for me, becomes Commonwealth champ at weekend. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And as you say, he's a big personality in the sport. He's a top boy. He's a top lad, yeah. Let's mix it through. I'm excited to see Jamie Cox as well. Jamie Cox obviously is... Taking uh, on Lewis Taylor, managed by Dave Colwell, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, over at Matchroom. Now, mm. you know, Lewis Taylor's a, a definitely a competent kid, but I think Jamie Cox, for me, is is, is one of the... Is, the is the next level of super middleweights like the Callum Smith. He's coming through. And uh, for me... Jamie Cox's career has been so slow burn. He just seems to have taken forever to get anywhere. I've got. I've, we have these arguments all the time with people about who's the best kept secret in British boxing. And some people were telling me last week about, oh, Liam Walsh. Is, uh, uh, no, he's not. No For chance. me, from what I've seen, Jamie Cox is the best kept secret in British yeah. boxing. However, you're right in what you've just said. Very slow burn of a thing. He's not really fought anybody. He's not event. active enough. No, he's not done it, right? Can't get excited about the kid. He's changed promoters. Again. He, he needed to, right? Because yeah. he's been constantly on shit shows he's been fighting in sports halls here there and everywhere this lad right yeah southpaw very very talented has he got a ton of power no but he's a great boxer yeah let's get him in with some top boys as soon as this fight's done win this because it's for a belt isn't it i think it's for the uh is it for the WBA continental belt? intercontinental i think yeah get it won and then let's match him up with some proper super middleweights in this country well they've already said haven't they? it's going to be it's going to be um what's his name from liverpool rocky fielding Rocky Fielding they've up next said for Rocky Jamie Fielding, Cox. Oh, Jamie yeah, because Cox. He's, the ma- he's the mandatory, mandatory for, the for the British, British title. title. Yeah, 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 so they've already said that fight's happening. Well, there you so, go. There's a good fight. That's Let's a great that fight. On. Yeah, yeah, it's a great fight. If Rocky chooses to stay at super middleweight after his last performance, I think there's a bit of soul searching to be done there. For me, it wasn't a great performance by Rocky Fielding. I think he needs to discuss whether he remains at super middleweight or, or where his head is at. But yeah, that, that, that fight's waiting for him. I just With Jamie Cox, I just wanted to hit some momentum now, you know? It feels like his career, it would be like, you know, Back in 2011, he was like the Callum Smith of 2011. Yeah. Oh, this kid's going to be a future world yeah, champion. Yeah, 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 I remember He's going to be doing this, going to be doing that. He's amazing. And we were all going, oh, he's got so much talent. Like middleweight, probably going to move to middleweight. Disappears. Two years later, he comes back. I'm a super middleweight now. What? You were fucking like middleweight. Best like middleweight prospect in the country. And now you come back as a super middleweight. Yeah. Two fights, gone. Two years later, oh, I'm back. And you're like... You just we as fans, you just couldn't get any momentum going with yeah, him to yeah, buy yeah. into him. Mm. That's why I'm glad that he's, he's he's obviously changed promoter. Hopefully, it gives him a change of tack now. Massive opportunity. I'm sure he'll get good TV exposure at the weekend. But more than anything, he just needs to get into a rhythm because listen, this super middleweight division, as we know, is it is the UK. It's all happening here. So. He couldn't have moved into this division at a better time. He just needs to stay busy. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. To subscribe to our podcast, go to our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything is there for you. We're also available on social media uh, throughout the course of the week to interact with you, obviously, with all your uh, thought processes on the fight game. Um, And we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on that we know of from behind the scenes at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, we would just like to make an apology for people that uh, normally listen to our Radio City talk show on Tuesday evening. That was moved this week to Thursday evening uh, because of what I'm sure you're all fully aware of happened in Manchester on Monday night. If you are one of our listeners that was affected uh, by what happened on Monday night, our thoughts and prayers for what they are worth are with you. Us as parents can only imagine um, the feelings that you felt at the particular moment that you found uh, the information out, like we found that information out. We've been in that arena many, many, many times Mm. down the years, as I'm sure you have, and to see it blasted all over the news, to see it all over the news with the story 
connected to it was absolutely heartbreaking and our hearts go out to everybody that was affected by it. Um, thank you to li- uh, th- thank you for listening to our show. We will be back tomorrow um, with a UFC breakdown because this weekend is all about Stockholm and Nick's mate. Loves a bit of Alexander, let mm-hmm. me tell you. Names his kids after him and all. That's true. Anyway, it's all coming up on tomorrow's show. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.